Good morning. Welcome back to Chop for Time. I'm Devin. I'm here with Ben, Sean, and Thomas. We're going to dig a little bit into the message this week. Pay close attention. That's what we want you to do. And we also ask if you haven't hit that subscribe button that you would subscribe. Hit the like button because that's going to help get this out to more people as well as you'll be able to hear what's going on out there. Let's open up with the word of prayer. Ben, would you close? Uh, open us up? Sure. God, thank you uh, for today. Thank you for all the blessings you've given us in this opportunity uh, to be here, talk about you, talk about your word, and glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So really excited about what you're going through, Hebrews, digging into this difficult book. But uh, this week's message, pay close attention. Would you mind giving us a recap for that? I'd be glad to. Uh, started into chapter two, really focused on the first four verses. The plan was uh, go through all 18 and kind of hit the flow of Hebrews chapter two there in its entirety. But uh, just kind of stuck in one through four. Uh, and really, this is the first warning that we see the author of Hebrews give to the people that he's writing this letter to. Uh, pay close attention. And some translations say pay even closer attention um, to the message that you had heard at first. You know, this message that was delivered to you through the angels that was that is proven to be true, uh, you know, been trustworthy. And you know, then begins to talk just a little bit. He, he begins going back and forth uh, with some Old Testament stuff. But this is really the first warning that we see of pay close attention. You know, don't drift away. Don't fall away. Uh, we connected it because the passage start with starts with a therefore. So it connects back to what he was saying in chapter one, which Everything connects back to the first two verses, three verses of chapter one of, you know, in long ago, God spoke to our fathers through many prophets in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son mm. uh, who's came and, you know, taken care of sin. He's, uh, you know, by all things uh, was created by him. All things are sustained and held together by him. Mm -hmm. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. uh, he's made an, you know, God's made an enemy, his enemies, a footstool for his feet. Uh, so everything's just, he's going, okay, so therefore, since we've got this great truth that's established, pay close attention. So we, we looked at that. We also looked at this, the drifting concept about how life, you know, has us in these currents, in these mm -hmm. times of where, um, man, we get tired. You know, we, we really get tired. And, and even, you know, I, I use the example of going to the ocean. You know, if right. you've ever been in the water in the ocean, you have to have a landmark, whether it's an umbrella, it's a building, it's something that you can look after a while and go, okay, I need to reorient myself because there's a natural drift that mm -hmm. takes place. Uh, and and that's really what we need to be doing also. Uh, and, and yeah, we just kind of talked about some of these things that pull us away, that the enemy uses a, uses against us to try to take our focus off of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and these things that we really need to be paying close attention to. 
Amen. And kind of like what we talked about from the week before, whether our when our comforts can become our idols. So those are easy things. So that's really great stuff. Let's do um, what stood out to us. Sean, what stood out for you this week? Um, I think the thing that stood out to me this week was the uh, you had to fight for your faith. You know, it's just this daily fight. You're fighting the current that's pulling you away from it. You know, um, just really sure you're staying rooted in your faith and fighting for it daily. Nice. Thomas, what about you? What stood out for you? Uh, there was a little piece you did about the the, the storm, you know, this idea of God not, uh, you know, Jesus going out under the water and it wasn't the time that he calmed the storm. Actually, the storm is still going on and he called for obedience in the midst of the storm. I thought that was a really uh, important part because I think we can, like you said, we can be so focused on the storm and not focused on Jesus um, that uh, we just sort of, you know, get completely distracted from the main point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I just spilled coffee all down the front of me. And uh, we've got a lightsaber. lightsaber. We got the whole, we've got all Off of it. Off the rails, we got all, all in 10 seconds here. It's okay. With your leg up like that, it kind of covers up. The <laughs> well, that's what happens on Chopper Time. Uh, th- that was my takeaway. What was it again? No. I can't remember. <laughs> Fact, you know. um, All right. Yeah. Um, excellent. I, uh, so let's move. So my takeaway, uh, and, and if you didn't see this, I just love this part of the message. Of course, there were so many exciting things. I love everything that everybody said, but the end part, when you brought on um, the, the guest and you blindfolded him and then led him around the stage, to me, you know, I don't know if there was like great doctrinal truth in there, but what stood out to me was that that's my life. You know, my life gets twisted around. I drift over. I can't figure out where I'm going. And I need Jesus to come by and say, hey, pay attention. This is the way to go. Let me just drag you on over here because you need to end up over here because I started this work in you and I'm going to complete it. It was just such a powerful moment. It really almost made me cry just because, you know, it was so amazing in the sense that, man, that's what Jesus is like. And I just appreciate that you painted that picture for me. I needed that this week. So that was awesome. Um, Let's go into what we're talking about. We want to look at the correlation or the connection. Hebrews chapter two. Can you read that one passage? And we want to look at the connection of what he says, the message. Let's let's read that passage right there. Yeah. So I'll just read the first four verses. Okay. Um, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think that we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. So... Verse 2, for the message of God delivered through the angels has always stood firm. Then he goes on into verse 3 and says that this salvation, this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. Mm. Um, so there's there's some connections that needed to be made, in my opinion, in this from this passage of, okay, what's this message? And how did Jesus announce it? So it was delivered by the angels at first. But then it was also announced by Jesus. So we 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 took a passage and, and made the connection there out of that. 
Right, this message, and we're going to take a look at, so the, the original message, and I think Hebrews goes on to talk about that Moses received these commandments, and yet it was angels that actually gave it to him, so mm-hmm. kind of interesting right there that we'll look at these old commandments. So let's, there's a, a, a passage that he referred to in Luke that kind of correlates, we're going to continue to bring this correlation, this connection between uh, the message, so we really want to key in on that as we look at this chapter time. Can you read that in Luke chapter 4? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 12 through 21? 14, 14. I believe. Gotcha. Or 16. 16. 16 through 18. 18 I think. 20. It's one of those. Just I'll start somewhere. Just, he just, just start at Luke 1. We'll get there. <laughs> when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went to went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the places where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Amen. Amen. So that message that was spoken you know by Isaiah he prophesied this about Jesus yep. that message that's all the way through the scripture Jesus is saying this is fulfilled and the writer of Hebrews is talking about hey this is the message that you've heard and God spoke this way and now he's speaking through the son you know and this is what Jesus said it's about me. I love that he always, everybody else points to Jesus. We point to Jesus, but Jesus always pointed at himself. It's about me. So wonderful um, correlation right there. Any, any thoughts on that? I just, you know, what a modern day, what we would consider to be just like a mic drop moment mm. that Jesus has here in Luke chapter four, that he unrolls the scroll, which we've got to get a visual of this because this was going to be a massive scroll to get back to find that passage out of Isaiah. He finds it. He's like here, right here. And then he reads it. Then he rolls the scroll back up. This has been fulfilled. And then he just sets down. Yes. Like he's like, I I have something to say. I said it. I'm done. Yeah. It's just like, boom, there it is. And, And I just, I love that connection and the connectivity that the the writer of Hebrews is making all the way back from Moses because mm-hmm. the the commands of God was delivered by the angels of God mm-hmm. on Mount Sinai. Then we see Isaiah speaking this. Then we see Jesus coming along and confirming that, hey, I'm this guy. Yes. This I am the one of whom all of this has been spoken. And then the author of Hebrews goes back and says, Pay close attention to this mm. because he's writing to Jewish converts. Okay. They've, they've converted to messianic believers, Amen. but he doesn't just go, Hey, this guy, Jesus, that you're believing in the message didn't start there with you. This would have been something they would have been born into because Isaiah, I mean, they were Isaiah, the prophecies about the coming Messiah was, yes. was just covered, and they just dwelled upon those and just meditated on those prophecies. This would have been a message from their childhood, yes. not just their conversion. That's right. Not only would it have been a message from their childhood, but this was a message of generations in their family lineage. And the writer of Hebrews is going, that's the message. 
the coming Messiah. Yeah. I mean, they, they just had full faith that the Messiah was going to come and deliver them. Now, he came, but not like they expected. Right, right. All right, so let's take a look at a couple more correlations or connections. Because I like this, you know, passage. We're talking about this commandment that was from the beginning. You know, we we know the, the angels delivered the first commandment. God spoke. Moses himself said, someone will rise up like me from among your brethren. Him you shall hear. Pay close attention to him is basically what he said. And so he, the writer of Hebrews again. So let's take another look. I have a passage here in 1 John chapter 2 that talks about this kind of um, connection. You know, and I think this is important that we look at um, this. He says, um, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. This is 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 through 8. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfect in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I know no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So kind of like he gives a little reference of two commandments here, which is kind of interesting, an old commandment and a new commandment. So so those things that we look at, there's a connection going on here from what's old and what's new. So let's talk about what are those things? Uh, what, the, the difference of commandments sure, there? Sure. I, I think that... Uh, you know, the first commandment that we kind of already discussed was what happened to lead the the Hebrew people as they were in the wilderness, that, that command to obedience. Amen. Uh, you know, we see that echoed in Samuel's statement to King Saul, you know, uh, know ye not that obedience is better mm. than sacrifice. Yes. Uh, so I think that we see this, this old command, <clears throat> excuse me, this old command of obedience and then New Testament, we're introduced to a new command, which is actually not different from the old command. Amen. But it's packaged, maybe perceived just a little bit differently. And that's love. Amen. And that's love. You know, if you love me, keep my commandments. Beautiful. If you if you love me, obey me. Obey my commandments. That's just my thoughts on it, anyhow. Good. Sean, what about your thoughts on it? I just love how bold and flat he says he goes you know it boils down to two simple things love me and love others love mm. god love others yeah and you know it shows like if we have if we're living in him if we're living through him if that light is on us then we should be loving others and we should be loving god and should, he just puts it so simply yeah. amen amen good stuff thomas what about you brother uh yeah i mean i i like the that, that same idea of like you know, Jesus doesn't come to completely like say, scrap the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Here's here's a new one. Um, you know, he kind of yeah, he says like, I'm not here to to whatever abolish the law or something, whatever it is, yep. but I'm here to fulfill it. Yes. And he takes with that question that he's asked of like, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Which is kind of trying to catch him out. He actually sums up all of the Ten Commandments in like two sentences. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. love God, love others. Um, which I think like. Part of me wonders if, if maybe we just have the wrong interpretation of the Old Testament law, and I think they did as well, mm -hmm. of, hey, it's it's about obedience for obedience sake, whereas John takes it to, no, it's obedience for love's sake, Amen. if that makes Amen. sense. Like, we, we obey because we love him, not the other way around. I heard a debate one time between a, a Jew and a, and a Christian going on, and 
uh, there was kind of a joke that the Jew made that that said, uh, you know, you don't you don't need to believe in God to be a good Jew. You just have to do what he says. Mm, and I was like, whoa, wow. that's yeah, <laughs> that's really weird um, as a belief. And, you know, that's so alien to us because to us, it's all about relationship. Right. You know, um, and I think in the Old Testament, it was all about relationship, too. But they just they were missing pieces, kind of like what you were talking about at the start of Hebrews. They had bits and pieces, but they didn't have the whole picture. Jesus came in and filled in all the gaps to say, it's always been about relationship between you and God and you and each other, um, which I think is really cool. Do you want me to read Second yeah, John? Yeah, you have passages that we talked about earlier. Yeah, so Second John verse 1. So we just read First John verse, or First John chapter 2. This is Second John chapter 1. Uh, it says, It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So it's kind of like these are one and the same thing. Like yeah. love and obedience are supposed to go hand in hand. And I think we've kind of separated them a little bit. Even like nowadays culture, I think we've got to a point where it's like, you don't have to do what the Bible says. You just have to love God. No. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great statement because really it keys in. On God doesn't want just a compartmentalized Sunday morning obedience when you go to church. He wants your whole life. He wants your whole heart. And I think yeah. this, is, this is what the writer of Hebrews is really keying in on. This commandment that we've received from this word, this message that we've heard is about loving God. It's not about um, you're falling back into these things right here. It's about obedience to him that a heart full of love works out. And I think that's such a great thing that we've looked at these passages because, you know, Sean said it. it's a vertical and horizontal. Yeah. You know, when you're vertically aligned with God, you're going to be horizontally aligned with others. And that's what God wants in our lives. And I think that's the, the key principles as we're looking here, paying close attention, lest we're drifting away. You nailed it with the Revelation 2 last week. And again, you spoke from that this week, yeah. which I love, you know, you've left your first love. Yeah. You, you have departed from that, which is because obedience without a heartfelt a connection with God is really nothing. Yeah. And going back to Thomas's comment there on the debate that he had heard, that, that, that was a very intriguing statement, you mm. know, that the Jewish rabbi made that, yes. you know, it was like, you know, you really don't have to believe just as long as you do what he wants. That makes sense, so much sense, even glimpsing back into the Old Testament because it was like, hey, we got the initial 10 commandments. And then there's other things that God asks us and commands us to do and be obedient to through the Levitical law and things of that nature. But then in the meantime, let's make up, oh, I don't know, say 600 and some more laws, because if we don't have to depend upon faith, then obviously the more law that we keep, the more boxes we can check mm -hmm. off, mm -hmm. then that's going to get us better standing with God. And that just makes so much more sense to me now of thinking like, well, obviously we need to add more laws because that's going to prove all the more how, good. how awesome we are. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then let's, let's add some traditions there because traditions, yeah. and those become laws. And then it comes to the place where Jesus actually confronts them and says, hey, you, man, you guys are so far from me. You say these things with your mouth, but your heart is, and in vain you worship, teaching as doctrines the commandments yeah. of men. You know, And that's where it gets, when you start to divorce your heart, 
from God, that loving God with your, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you start to make up all things so you could be better and feel better yeah. about yourself. Yeah. All right. That's great. Um, takeaways. Let's go. We'll start around the, and we'll start, we're going to start actually with you today, man. We're going to take away. Take away. Take away. Um, yeah. The, the way that, that God was kind of leading me, you know, Saturday evening through Sunday morning, because like I said, I had a, a kind of a flow of Hebrews chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I just felt that just stirring in my heart and resonating in my spirit so much to, to look at um, the the Matthew fourteen account of just being tired, you know, just being tired, and how the enemy uses that so much against us because, and so many people that I know are just so tired, but their exhaustion almost comes from great noble. Um, you know, things that they're doing, Mm. you know, they're, they're serving people, they're serving the Lord, they're trying to make a difference. They're, they're being there for others, but they're just exhausted. And, and I think that whenever we look at this again, the obedience into the love, which I love the way that second John, you know, that John phrases that in second John, it's just so amazing. But to have that, we can get at times so caught up in obedience of doing the things that we think that God wants us to do, or even knowing that God wants us to do that. We can just get so exhausted in the obedience that the love portion of that new command can falter Mm. and waver. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm. Amen. Sean. Yeah. Um, I think mine is really just making sure that I'm aligning with the love God, love others, you know, like, really being able to ask myself, okay, why am I struggling loving this person? Is it the outwardly or is it the inwardly? Am I struggling because, you know, I'm, I haven't been doing my daily reading or my praying, you know, is my prayer life short, you know, kind of going back against that. Am I being, am I focusing too much on the obedience that's pulling away from the love? Good stuff. Thomas, takeaway. Um, kind of just in like a similar vein, I think I, I find it far easier to talk about loving others because we can see other people. And then I, I sometimes question, it's like, hey, loving God is first. You know, I think we can be so focused on, hey, how are we supposed to treat other people? How do we treat other people who are different? How do we treat people who are, you know, have different beliefs than us or even within the church have different doctrines and stuff like that. And sometimes I think we focus so much on that and we kind of forget the fact that we're supposed to love God first. Mm-hmm. And then the outpouring of that leads to loving other people. And that's something Ben and I texted back and forth a couple of days ago, just sort of saying like, you know, there's something I've really been wrestling with or just sort of thinking about is this idea of the the lukewarm stuff in uh, Revelation 3, you know, that, we, you know, I'm just trying to love people and maybe I've forgotten that I'm supposed to love God first. And in, in that, I'm just kind of lukewarm, right? My faith is is more about performance and not about Christ himself. Mm. You know, I'm not on fire for Jesus. I might be on fire for ministry. I'm like, ah, that's not, that's not good, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or the revelation two stuff as well. You know, the, the, um, uh, forgot, forgotten the first love. I think they're both totally intertwined. I think they can almost build off of each other. You know, you, you go from forgetting your first love to becoming lukewarm very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that has just been going on in my mind, especially going down to the, the stuff going on at Asbury. It's just been really cool to see people on fire and not look warm in that moment. Just like there's a lot of stuff going on, which is really cool. Um, 
So somewhere in and around there is my takeaway. Amen. <laughs> Good stuff. And I, I appreciate that. It's so important that we look at, you know, where our heart is at. And, and that's what my takeaway is. You know, you said one thing this week that just reminded me, you know, you said you need a landmark. You need something that, that tells you you're drifting. And to me, it's, it's, I need to keep my eyes on the cross, Amen. you know, because the cross is where I see the love of God for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it wasn't laws that changed me. It wasn't Sunday school. It wasn't church. It wasn't going to a Christian school that changed my life. It was when I finally realized how much God loved me that he gave his son to die on the cross for me. And every time I feel I'm way over here, blown it a million times, I've drifted so far, I'm reminded that he loves me. And I come back to that guidance point right there. And I sit there and I'm like, man, he loves me as, as rotten as I am, as horrible, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body that Paul did it. I mean, Paul said it, Jesus did it, you know? And so I just, I love that. And that, that's what stands up to me. Yeah. I just want to kind of close with this. I posted something in our um, church Facebook group the other day. It's a quote from Garrett Kell says, if you look to circumstances in your life to determine if God loves you, you will continue continually wonder, but if you look to the cross of Calvary, you will have no reason to doubt. Mm, amen. Uh, you you talking about the focusing on the Christ or on the cross really just kind of brought that back to my memory. Amen. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We just appreciate that you've been with us. Again, um, if you have any comments or concerns, we encourage you to write those down uh, as you hit the like button. If you don't have a home church, we would love for you to be part of our church as we grow in Christ together and discover these great truths. Um, Also, if you want to connect us, just look us up on it. You can reach us at FCCGrayson.com or just look us up online as far as our numbers and reach out and if you have any questions or comments with that, we're going to close out in prayer. Sean, would you close out? Yeah. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for just um, letting us get together and just talk on your word. Lord, I just pray that as we um, as we dive deeper and, you know, grow in your word, that you can just lead us and uh, help us show the love, your love. In your name we pray, amen.